This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. From MPB Think Radio, you are tuned to Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the good folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. Believe it or not, today is the spring equinox. And while it may be cool outside, this is the first day of spring. So it is time to bring on the wonderful fresh flavors of the new season and shed all of those wintertime blues. We're going to talk about spring flavors and one of the hottest topics in the culinary world, food waste and how a change in mind state could help make all the difference in the world. I'm going to talk about strawberries and we're going to talk about controversy with the English breakfast. Ah, it's springtime, Carol. Oh, Mal, it's spring and the Louisiana strawberries are ripe. Upon us. The strawberries are upon us. So welcome to the spring equinox. And uh, it is a bit nippy outside, but uh, according to the weather we all just heard, it will warm up every day toward the weekend. And so we hope to have a nice, I think almost like a 75-degree Saturday with sun. Indeed. And for us, Saturday is Whew, a banner day. day. It's a big day. How's St. Patty's? 40 years of all that jazz, Unbelievable. Did, how do we, are we old enough to have been doing this for 40 years? <laughs> I'm afraid so. Oh, God. Now, Java, on the other hand, is young enough to have only done it once, I believe. Yeah, I've only done it once, but I've been down there many a times, and it is kind of uh, uh, funny to hear that 40 years, you know, of all that jazz with the parade. It's, how does it feel, Michael? Oh, you know, it feels good. Um, I'm excited to uh, honor Cassandra Wilson, Jackson's very own Grammy Award winning uh, artist uh, who has her very own blues marker here in Jackson and a longtime friend. Uh, so really happy for her to be honored as Grand Marshal and to celebrate uh, what goes on at WJSU. And uh, here on, uh, I guess, music radio, we play some jazz uh, on the mothership. Uh, so we are happy to celebrate an American original art form, jazz, hip hop and the blues and Cassandra Wilson. Good show. Yeah. And um, Malcolm. Java is a member of an elite marching group. He is. He he won't how brag about it. How did he elevate? I mean, how was he elevated so quickly? I mean, was it's, it you know being DJ Java? Well, but, that tell, tell and us about the group. That performance, you know, in Shaw, you know, really anchored him in as a. Was oh, that, when we mar- we were Mardi Gras marshals. Yeah, that's grand right. marshals. And and his legs. You know, with those legs and shorts in the springtime, what else can you expect? And I did it, pull out the shorts last year. <laughs> I did pull out the shorts last year. You did. So t- tell about Java's the crew. Crew of the Otuck Society, um, the ancient and venerable Otuck Society, created in 1984, I believe. We were not there for the first parade. I mean, I was there, of course, but uh, 
this marching group, which I knocked off from uh, a New Orleans tradition of the St. Joseph's and uh, St. Patrick's parade of gentlemen dressed in uh, tuxedos marching around with flowers, handing them out for kisses. Now, all of that has changed a lot. Uh, For example, we're not all male anymore, and we don't do much kissing of strangers these days, Carol. It's uh, with COVID and all. But it is a marching group. Uh, Tuxedo is sort of our theme. Uh, The canes that we carry with the flowers are to be given out to people in the audience. A little party flavor. Some people throw out beads. We hand out uh, carnations. Yeah, Yeah. And I really am happy that you do have women on board. I know Trisha Walker, great singer-songwriter, comes down from Cleveland and Karen Gilder marches. There are a handful of ladies in the group. And a great honor. Glad a great to have honor. Them. Well, let's see. Uh, we had uh, at our house, we had spring break. Busy, busy, busy time, though Kara was off work. She uh, cooked a lot of really fun stuff. I want to chat about a little bit of it. Uh, we pick up a flat of strawberries in Ponchatoula. Uh, I have a very close emotional uh, con- uh, contact with uh, with uh, Ponchatoulas. My aunt and uncle live there, Aunt Murtis. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, Aunt Von Seal. Aunt Murtis lived in Wiggins. But um, Von Seal and Virgil, my aunt and uncle, lived in Ponchatoula. And one point in their life, they actually had a rental house that was in the middle of a strawberry field. And we would oh. sing, Strawberry Fields Forever. That sounds good, Mal. Sounds good. So we picked up a flat and began cooking them, and we cooked them all sorts of ways. Uh, it started with a uh, strawberry pie with a egg custard center and um, a strawberry topping that was really delicious. And then later, uh, the cake that you and Java are snacking on. I have already eaten. Oh, you almost, finished it? Okay. Almost the entire mm-hmm. piece with this. The, the strawberry cake is really exceptional, but the... Reduction, the strawberry yeah, reduction. Yeah, it's a coulis, a uh, mm. raspberry coulis. Which no, no, is a, strawberry. I mean, strawberry coulis, which is a um, puree. Yeah, it's really, really. A thinned out puree. Now, at home, of course, I added a few scoops of vanilla ice cream and perhaps some uh, whipping, whip topping. I'm but, just uh, so pleased to be a part of this because I saw the photograph of <laughs> cooking and coping yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's coming your way. So we also uh, traveled a little bit. We went down to Ocean Springs uh, on Sunday because I'm now on the board of the Walter Anderson Museum. And we spent the night and uh, drove over to New Orleans and spent a night over there and ate some great uh, oysters. Uh, we went to Luke. I don't know if you've been to Restaurant Luke. It was I have, good. indeed. It was our first time. It was quite good. But we had some good eats, and then we came home. And uh, for the first time ever, uh, we went out to Gibbs Country Store and learned it. I'd never been before. You? Yeah, we've been been several times. I wouldn't say it's in our neck of the woods. Uh, you know, you go from Edwards to Bolton and take a right and go up in there. Hmm. Yeah, but it was good, you know, and it was a fun experience, uh, our first. Uh, it's a long way out there. If you don't know where Learn It is, it's, it's past uh, – Raymond. Uh, Raymond on the way to Utica, I guess you yeah, would say, on yeah. Highway 18. It's an old country store. But and plenty of people find it because there are always lines on the front porch, a lot of action, usually some music inside. That's correct. All of the above. You know, it reminds me of the old Taylor Grocery in Oxford. 
Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. The taking of an old grocery store and turning it into a restaurant. With steaks instead of catfish. Right. That's the... That's the, that's the gig. I also had some good sliders this weekend. I walked over to the district restaurant, and they um, they serve some really great sliders. And across the street at Polito, they've started uh, a new thing uh, here in the, there in the Bellhaven Town Center. They've started making fresh pasta and uh, selling it out of beans and bananas. So starting on Tuesday, you can pick up any number of fresh pastas made by Polito at Beans and Bananas. And I've, I got the linguine which we really enjoyed with some shrimp and a red, a red sauce, uh, really yummy. It's nice to have fresh pasta in the house, and now it's available almost every week there in Bellhaven neighborhood. In the bold new city. Well, you know, we're into fishing season now with brim, so there's a lot of fried, there's a lot of fried stuff I going love, on at our house. I love and the fried love brim. to have you over, you and Kara, over to fry some brim because – they are plentiful right now. Well, I've just got a new reel for my fly rod, uh, and it I got a, a lightweight uh, four ounce, which is perfect for catching brim on. So I'm going to head out Nothing that way more with, fun. with my fly more rod. Fun. Nothing more fun than catching brim. You know, there's a group on Facebook called Brim on the Fly, and it's mm. a group of people up in the Delta, I believe, started it. Wow. So it's a thing. Um, one of the great things I cooked over this weekend was a one-pot chermoula shrimp and orzo. You know, I've been on a Moroccan flavor kick. Mm, as you well should be. I know. And, um, you know, chermoula is kind of akin to uh, South American chimichurri. Okay. And it's, you know, lots of chopped up, finely chopped Parsley and cilantro, you know, cumin in it. It's chopped. It chopped very finely chopped. And I think a lot of people do it in the food processor, but mm. I like to chop. Well, Kara made a um, herb reduction uh, this weekend that we put over boiled shrimp, and it had mint, basil, parsley, maybe some cilantro, and uh, she, you know, reduced it down to a liquid. And we we used it for a for a topping on the uh, the boiled shrimp. It was really nice. It sounds like a fine dining restaurant at your house. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate. Uh, my my wife <clears throat> loves to cook. It's sort of her hobby. When she has time, she loves to get in and experiment with recipes. And I help some, and then I cook my own stuff on the side. But uh, oh, and I had a great meal. Uh, on St. Patrick's Day down at Howland Mouse, uh, they served the traditional corned beef, cabbage, carrots, and potatoes. It was really delicious. And I want tip of the hat to Damien for carrying on that tradition and doing his own sort of style with it. It was really good. Fantastic. I saw so much corned beef and cabbage on cooking and coping this week. You know, people were so creative, but uh, lots of people cooking for St. Patty's Day. Yep. And a lot of crawfish boiling going on. Lots. Tis the season for all of that. And I brought a photograph for you. I think the cooking and coping post of the weekend was Barbara Tuccio's frog leg salad. Oh, my goodness. Now, look I missed at this. it. Yeah. She, she's one of my favorite posters. Frog legs. I love legs. what she does. Mm, look at that. You know, we used to frog gig when I was a kid, and they were plentiful, and we would often have frog legs they were more often than not they were fried right but 
this version looks so yummy. It looks it looks so yummy, and I asked what it would take for her to come cook those for my husband. And it just, you know, food people are so nice. She immediately wrote back and said, yes, I, I'm, I'm in. Great. I won't be there because I kind of have a little weird thing about frog legs. Oh, you don't but like But John them. will be mm-hmm. so happy. Java, you uh, partake of the frog legs? I do. That's why I was uh, looking at Carol a little, you know, a little... Uh, a, a pift, <laughs> if that's a word. I was like, what's wrong with we'll the frog? make it a word. What's wrong, a with pift. The fro- what's wrong with the frog legs? <laughs> is it a texture it, thing? Uh, or is it just, just knowing little, that? No, it's just they're just a little jumpy for me. <laughs> a little. <laughs> oh, that's I perfect. Mean, they, perfect. They ta- I mean, I've tasted them. They taste wonderful. Uh-huh. Arno's has them, but it's it's just a little visual. Okay. And, okay, yeah. But you're good with the quail. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't explain. It's the twitching, it. perhaps. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's the twitching. But um, Java Tony's in Vicksburg, which is on Highway sixty one, going toward up toward the Delta. Mm-hmm. They sell really good Louisiana frog legs. Okay, I, I have to buy them because my husband likes likes them so much. But in other places, the frog legs are very large and from China. But if you want some Louisiana frog legs, mm-hmm. that's your place. Yeah, yeah. So I was in Vicksburg. Yeah. As we said earlier, it is the spring equinox, and spring has sprung finally here in uh, the American South, and it triggers a lot of food conversations. Uh, It's planting time. Uh, I usually wait until um, another week or so. I try to wait until after Easter to put roots in the ground because you have these little snaps like the one we're having right now where it's a little cold for the tender leaves, but uh, it is time to start thinking about planting and your summer garden, your spring vegetables. As as we have certainly underscored, strawberries are um, everywhere right now. This is a moment where the great Louisiana strawberry shines in I want to know, do you get yours roadside or do. do you go into Ponchatoula? No, well, sometimes I go in if I don't see them out on the road. The beautiful thing is a lot of the vendors who I would think are seasonal, they probably do peanuts and, and Satsumas. other things. Uh, they're so focused on the strawberries right now. They make it easy. You just pull off to the side of I-55 there, uh, somewhere between Ponchatoula and the swamp uh, and uh, – a meat, or a meat, as my uncle used to call, a meat Louisiana. And they're usually just right there on the on the exits. But they're also available here. When I posted on Cooking and Coping, many people responded that they were getting them locally and that were people, vendors were bringing the Louisiana strawberries up to Jackson and they were in some farmer markets and stuff. Yeah, cool. I, I hope some of our... Uh, callers will let everybody know in their communities where you can get Louisiana strawberries. Absolutely. So, Java, you uh, you were going to talk about oven-roasted corn on the cob. Going to share a little corn on the cob story with us this morning. Yes, sir. It was um, funny because Southern Living Magazine um, had oven-roasted corn as their uh, most searched springtime recipe. What? Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was kind of kind of funny as far as like, I mean, oven roasted corn on the cob is a search recipe or something. And have you seen any American corn in the spring yet? Not yet. It's no. way too early. Well, I guess it? they I guess they're getting ready for it. Um, but it just got me thinking. I was like, why would you want to? Why would you search that specific recipe? I thought 
of and roasted corn on the cob was pretty simple. Um, but it got me to thinking that people really just didn't know what to eat hmm. as far as, you know, thinking about what what do I want to dine on today? And it got me thinking some other questions like how often do you you guys like plan out a menu or do you just open the refrigerator and say, what do I have in here today? Let's see what I can get into. I like to plan a menu, you know, at least once or twice a week. I like to do something like I did with the Tremula that teaches me something and is different. Mm -hmm. You know, the rest of the time I'm doing what you say, I'm looking and saying, okay, we've got this kind of fish. We've got, I've got a frozen pork tenderloin, you know, whatever, because living out in the country, you just can't run to the grocery store. So I have learned to use the freezer. Yeah. Well, for me, my long-time specialty, one of my favorite cooking hobbies is to open a refrigerator and make something out of what you see. And, in fact, I used to do it with friends where I would go to their house, open their refrigerator, and, and make a meal based on what they had in their refrigerator. Or they would come to my house, open my refrigerator, and just see what, what we could do. I love that. I love leftovers. I love making something uh, up, you know, sort of creating. I also enjoy going to the store with a particular meal in mind. I don't mind, for example, going and shopping for one meal. That doesn't bother me. I, I find that to be a whole lot of fun, like picking out the starch and the protein mm -hmm. and the vegetable based on what's there. You know, um, Java, every week we talk about what Kara's cooking. And it's True. so interesting to me because Malcolm, for years and years, has been one of my favorite cooks. And an invitation to his house when he was cooking or if he was cooking at one of our friends' house was – you know, it was a, a very valued thing, and now we talk about Kara in the in the kitchen all time, all the time. And yeah, and we're exactly opposite. She's a planner. Uh, she she goes she goes to the recipes. Uh, she might improvise, but she starts with a basic recipe, an idea, a meal. I, on the other hand, am almost always improvisational. Uh, speaking of jazz, you know, so. Uh, she's she's reading the sheet music, Carol, and, <laughs> and I'm improving. And sometimes we do it together. Uh, she'll she'll create a meal, and I'll get assigned one dish, and I'll improv on the dish. And sometimes it turns out magnificent, and sometimes not because. I'm never really repeating a recipe. I'm just playing around. Yes, so. you are playing around, and we're going to talk about people like you in the in segment three uh, about food waste. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just a big a big topic. You're you're going to be one of the heroes in this conversation. Because mm -hmm. opening up the refrigerator and seeing what food quotations mark quotation marks um, air quotes food you have in your refrigerator is all a part of the food waste conversation that we're going to talk about next but we do have a, a call on the line um, let's bring in our good friend Mikey from Mobile on the phone hey good morning uh, this is as usual a delightful show and I'm looking forward to that third segment because one of the questions that I had was you know whether you and your wife get in each other's way in the kitchen and how you deal with it so I hope y'all include that okay yeah. and I'm sure that the same is, is true for um uh, for our lady host as well and probably for Java huh 
Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, really what I was thinking about is you started talking about frog legs. And I don't, think, I don't know why I have these weird kinds of things that I get onto. When, uh, no, I do. Because everybody's got to eat something. As um, uh, one of the elders in, in uh, the, the teachings that I follow said, <laughs> you know, everything in the physical universe has got to eat something to live. And, and we call um, uh, vegetarian eaters vegetarians. We call um, um, meat eaters uh, carnivores. I've just been wondering because, uh, okay, is there such a thing as a reptilitarian? Is there a reptilitarian? An- I like it. Okay, is, is that like the, somebody who eats turtles and gators? And, and gators. And snakes? I would think down south of here in the bio that there are reptilian uh, eaters. I mean, exclusively, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the and the other thing is getting back to the frog legs are the amphibinarians. Amphibinarians. Mm. Who knew? Uh, I'm so hey, Look, I just I have these strange ideas, and y'all encourage them at your own fault. Okay? I know it, yeah. it is our. No, fault. this is really good. I, well, I really enjoyed the cooking and coping picture that uh, Barbara uh, Tuccio did, and then another one of our posters, Socks Richardson who must be hysterical, who lives up in the Delta, sent a picture of himself holding up a bullfrog and said he had plenty of those on his his pond. Well, all right. Well, those are some great observations, Carol. We'll have to do a little research into, further research uh, into this line of cuisine. But if you are particularly uh, interested in reptilian and amphib- amphibian uh, dishes, and, and- Go ahead. Fibidarian. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you um, because uh, those are the sorts of things that really make the Deep South Dining the show that it is, Carol. So you have frogs out on your pond, surely, huh? Yeah. 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 yeah but y'all don't. I, I, I don't. I don't frog don't gig. gig. I'm not gigging mm-hmm. these days. Is that what? what is, what's it called? Frog gigging. gigging. Frog gigging. Like like playing music. Gig. A gig. Yeah. So, so that's so when you Java lit up when we said gig. <laughs> that's no, what I'm, I'm a frog a frog gig is not a date to go <laughs> pick up frogs. It is actually an implement. It is like a long stick with a sharp pointed like a six inch. Tong, it has these metal. three tong, prong, yeah, prongs, prongs prongs on the end. They're sharp. And you are on the end of a long stick, and you, and you shine a light impale, on the frogs. You impale the frog you, you impale on them. the gig. Yeah, it's a different kind of gig, Java. Wow, I I did not See? know how you. I guess this, and this is how you get the frogs for the frog. Well, legs. I'm sure commercially they do something different, <laughs> but if you want to just do your own do your own thing, I mean, a lot of people go frog gigging yeah. for fun. Country people. Uh, frog gig and, and, city and harvest. people who go to the country or are in your uh, <laughs> goldfish pond. Yes, we yeah. harvest uh, from nature the frogs. Now they are also commercially grown, like many things. But yes, we'll have to set Java up on a frog gigging gig. Hey, it'd be great. Do you still? If you have the Coleman lantern, I've got the gigs. <laughs> well, we'll find a spotlight. We'll, we'll, we can do this. We can make this happen. All right, we got a caller. Java, am I right here from? The big city of Memphis, Tennessee, on the line here. Uh, 
Yeah, we have um, uh, one of our Memphis callers, Ela, on the Ela. line. Ela. Hello, Ela. Hello. How are you guys? Oh, we're great. Uh, well, I'm about to push this a little over the edge. Um, I mean, if you don't just be amphibian, if you potentially be an amphibophile. Ah. An amphibophile? Yes. Like an audiophile. Yeah. You're an amphibophile. Exactly. You're a bibliophile. Right, exactly. Got it. If you just love them. <laughs> if you're if fond you of them, funny. then you're an amphibophile. Yes, you don't necessarily only Gotcha. That was the question, right? Correct. Well, it was one of the questions. <laughs> you know, we never know what direction this show is going to go. Right. And sometimes it goes down. Right. Uh, well, you know. No, this is great. Anyway, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for adding to this wonderful conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to hear from our listeners, and particularly when they're in the car driving somewhere. I always um, am sort of intrigued. I wanted to ask, but she got off too quickly. I wanted to ask where she was going. I want to know where people are going when they call in on the live. In oh, the yeah. Radio. Like, I, where are you headed? Malcolm, I totally want to flip gears here. Flip gears. Shift gears. Oh, Another call? Yeah, before we shift gears, let's um, talk to our good friend Jesse. Uh, Jesse from Mobile. Yeah. Hello, Jesse. Jesse. Hey. Happy chilly morning to you. Ah, yeah, yes, it it's is. always a good day when you call. <laughs> okay, uh, first thing, I had a flashback to Princess and the Frog when you brought up your husband's dinner list. <laughs> the scene where the dad and the sons are trying to get frog legs, that's always hilarious. <laughs> the princess Secondly, and the fr- yes. The princess and the frog when they realize they're frogs and they're being hunted. I remember that Jesse. Yes, that that movie gets played a lot in my house. And yeah, it was a family. They went on the on the river and trying to catch the frogs, the newly human turned frogs <laughs> for frog legs. Yes. And they realized they had to jump for their lives, literally. Wow. Secondly, the corn. My aunt in Chicago before Bears games would take the whole ear and make it into three or four inch, like you would normally get it if you were going it and buying it frozen. Right. Short kid size. Nubs. <laughs> yeah. Nibblers. <laughs> she would exactly. That's the brand. She would do the nibblers. She would get foil to wrap them. She would add an ice cube. She would add pepper, salt roll it up in the fall, and toss it in the oven. It would cook that way. Then oh. she would pack it so when you finally got the tailgating at the Bears game, all you had to do was pull out your foil, toss it onto your barbecue pit, mm. and reheat. Wow. Wow. A Chicago long. Bears experience. This yeah. is tailgating. This is tailgating yeah, at the Bears game. And, yep. and she's well, using the I'm, ice cube to steam the corn. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Now, they didn't they didn't mention they did not mention in the article soaking the corn before you do any of the cooking. Hmm. And wow. I always soak hours so that it has an extra layer of water so the cob doesn't get too dry and suck the water. It just helps. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people roast the corn just uh whole. Just leave the shuck on it, roast it and yeah. then peel it. Fair. That's right. Yeah. And Mexican that corn is sort of of that yeah. uh, style, I believe. 
the Mexican, the Native American, you wouldn't have to worry about, I don't, I, where's my plate? I need a napkin. You literally pull the shuck back. That was your handle for the corn. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your aunt's uh, roasted right. corn nubs, as Carol called them. Before the Chicago Bears games, you remember when Love sweetness paid when sweetness oh, played indeed for the Bears. I do. Indeed, I do. Oh yeah, Dick Those. Butkus, Mike Ditka was the coach. Good See, old days. I was a fan. I know you were. I know you were. All right, we got another caller here, all the way from uh, the uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. You know this. There are three. There are two counties in one parish on the coast. Carol, the parish. Is Hancock County, and we have a caller, Jack, on the phone. Hello, Jack. Good morning. How are you? I was intrigued by your uh, uh, talking about uh, frog digging. I haven't done that since I was a young lad, and I'm talking probably 60 years ago in the hills of North Carolina, oh. going through the ponds and creeks and uh, gathering supper with my grandpa. Now, there's I a memory. carry the sack. Yeah. Ah, there was a gunny sack involved, and you were a wee yeah, lad. Was. Uh, just, just an, an old-timey uh, sack that uh, we went out a couple of different times and decided to fill with frogs and uh, take them home to my grandma so she could cook them. Did she fry them or panne them, or do you remember how she prepared them? Well, she always cooked them with... Uh, cornmeal and fried them gotcha that's that's a great memory frog gigging with your grandpa i'm so well, happy tell you we what, brought up it, frogs today yeah well i i'm an old tiny frog from tcu where there's a horn frog mascot <laughs> so i've been following frogs most of my life and that's where they or say one. <laughs> that's where they suggest that you fear the frog at tcu well, at TCU, there are people that fear the frogs. I've always embraced them. They have a, a special dispensation on my property. No frog will be killed. They're, uh, they're welcome to congregate and, and live as best they can. So it's amnesty for all frogs on Jack's place in Hancock County. Well, you know, the frogs are protected. I'll put it that way. Very good. Um, there's not much to protect them from. They seem to live generation to generation, and I can point at the new ones each spring when they they come out. That's great. Uh, I'm not sure if those are hard uh, frogs or toads, but uh, hmm. they do quite well under the leaf litter. Very good. Well, Jack, thanks a million for listening. Thanks for calling and sharing a memory of uh, frog gigging with your grandfather and being the sack carrier. The croaker sack carrier. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Barbara calling from right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Hello, Barbara. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. This is Barbara in Jackson, obviously, and I am the one that did the frog legs that Carol's talking about. <laughs> I love your food mm. always. I, 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 you know, I really want to meet you sometime and <laughs> well, <laughs> come to your kitchen. Well, my kitchen is plain and full, but. Now, I want to tell you, um, talking about strawberries, this is just the perfect day to talk about this because this weekend, well, let's go back to two weeks ago, <clears throat> excuse me, I had been craving just a plain vanilla cupcake. And I finally made it yesterday morning, and 
I pasted a picture of one vanilla cupcake, and some nice lady said that she normally has a craving for, I think, just a plain vanilla cake, and that she uses her leftovers for strawberry shortcake. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, here's my leftover cupcakes. I'm going to go out and find some fresh Louisiana strawberries today, and I'm having leftover frog legs. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the perfect show for strawberries and then the frog legs, and that's just over a Greek salad. That is all. Oh. That well, it was it was beautiful. Thank it was you beautiful. So much. And thank you for all of your posting on cooking and, and coping and entertaining all of us and aspiring. Yeah. I bet I bet there are some other frog leg cookers Might will, be. because of Barbara Absolutely. today. Well, well, I tell you what, main thing that I love to do is really doing dog cakes and doggy biscuits. <laughs> that's, oh. that's my dog stuff. And I've posted maybe a couple things, and they're all based on dog stuff. But um, I've only had frog legs like once or twice, and I'm in my 60s, so it's not like, you know, I've been exposed to all this. And I just have only run across it maybe once or twice on a menu, and they were fried, and all I could think about was, this tastes like really good fried chicken. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, after church, we're walking through um, Sullivan's Market, trying to figure out what I'm going to cook tonight. And the frog legs, it seems like I've only been there maybe five or six times to this market. It's new to me. But I've always seen frog legs and the jumbo shrimp that catch my eye. And so I told my husband, I said, yeah, we're going to try frog legs tonight. You know, he's like, well, how are you going to cook it? I said, well, I'm not sure, but we're going to get them, and then we'll figure that out. And so that's kind of how the frog legs got started, and it was, like, super, super simple to do. But um, what was so good about it was that after putting them in the oven for, like, 25, 30 minutes, they just literally slipped off the bone. Wow. And and I remember saying, oh, I forgot to put... um, the dressing of my salad once I'd laid the frog legs on top. But the nice little sauce that it made with the little white wine and butter and mushrooms, that was it, and garlic. Yeah. That was all it took. It's like, this is the perfect little salad dressing over my great salad that didn't get the salad dressing. But anyway, um, perfect day. I can't wait to make my strawberry shortcake. I've got some whipped cream sitting in the oven. I'm not going to oven with it in the refrigerator. It up. <laughs> we'll have a good strawberry shortcake with the um, homemade vanilla cupcake, and we'll see what the leftovers do with the frog legs. Very good. Frog legs on a Greek salad. Uh, it happened by accident, but it obviously turned into a delicious meal. And thank you, Barbara, for sharing that with us. It, it beautiful, beautiful dish. All right. Thank you okay. so much. And, you know, talking about the strawberry shortcake, we haven't made that particular dish, but Carol, do you remember when Shoney's introduced the oh, strawberry, strawberry pie? pie. Oh, yeah, oh, it man. was such a, a rave. What was this? Now I used yeah, to I used to wait to oh, be a waiter at Shoney's. Well, it was probably you were a waiter at were, Shoney's. I was a waiter at Shoney's. Yeah. What, what years you were, were those? Oh man, that was way back high school days. So nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, and the strawberry pie was already gone. That was a big deal. I for mean, them. people would come in to get whole pies. Job is, yeah, I don't think I don't yeah. think the strawberry pie was a thing. No. Too bad. Wow. Too bad. All right, one more caller. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about uh, a food waste, a yes. very serious topic. So, uh, Francis from Natchez is on the phone. Hello, Francis. Hi. Uh, 
got a comment. I heard you guys talking about frog legs. Did you guys know that there was a frog farm up in Alarma, Mississippi? Oh, oh my frog goodness, farm a frog where farm. Where you can buy fresh frog legs in, in Lorman. So they oh, farm yeah. them for stores, for commercial, to sell to uh, retail outlets, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do that. But uh, a friend of mine that worked at the library had uh, these guys come to the library and, uh, you know, show the frogs and everything. I don't know oh. if they sell them to the public, uh, but it is a frog farm. Interesting. So they raise them um, there commercially uh i remember one time carol bruce and i were driving along and we saw a sign that said rabbits and we pulled in and we asked if if they sold rabbits and they said they did and so we said we'll have three and could you go ahead and dress them for us and they were horrified because they sold them as pets and we didn't know but it was not a good moment (laughs) so be careful with these frog legs they may be pets and uh I don't know. But, Francis, thanks so much for, for listening and for calling. You've, you've given us great stuff to talk about here. In Lorman, Mississippi, they sell uh, frog legs commercially, I guess. And I guess a lot. I said it wasn't going to take any more calls. But we're going to take one more call before we go on break. we got Roger calling from Florence. Is that Italy or Mississippi? <laughs> I wish it were Italy. I've been there. It's beautiful. But, no, it's Florence. Oh, I, I, this is off topic, but it won't take long. I want you experts to educate your listeners about what the heck is a croaker sack, what are they made of, where do you get them these days, and uh, I brought some back from Honduras, but they were really coffee sacks, coffee sacks, but but talk to your listeners about that, you may get some interesting calls, I don't know, a croaker sack, I mean, we... There's going to be a generation that doesn't know what we're talking about. Well, you're probably right, but you were you were on topic when you were saying you brought back coffee bags because a croaker sack is made up of a coarse material like burlap. Right. And you used to hear that term a lot more. Um, you know, people call it a gunny sack, a burlap right. sack, a toe sack. A croaker sack. I was probably channeling my grandfather. And and I'm guessing that at one point when people would catch croakers, the fish, they would throw them in the in sack. In the croaker and sack. And it became known as a croaker sack. But I'll tell you, Java, where I remember seeing croaker sacks a lot in the 60s and 70s is when people would have a home audio studio in their house. And instead of insulated materials for the walls, they didn't have it. They would put croaker sacks all over the walls to soften the sound for for band rehearsal or for recording. Do you ever seen such and a thing? And that's what I was just about to say. When, when you said that, I think I flashed back to maybe like a movie or something um, where they were recording uh, old, you know, 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And I can remember seeing that kind of brownish on mm-hmm. the walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, croaker sacks for... Uh, but, you know, way back when they were used for carrying goods like from oh, the sure. farm to town. So... There you go. There you go. Thanks so much, uh, Roger, for getting us on the topic of croaker sacks. Now we will take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about a very serious topic. Uh, uh, We've had a lot of fun in the first two segments here, laughing and talking about ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Is it safe to say frog legs are the new hot dogs (laughs) for for this show? For for the moment, yes. So, all right, we're going to be joined by our great friend Tim Pierce, who's going to help us – 
uh, talk about this serious topic of food waste and leftovers and how much food we unfortunately throw away in this country. Deep South Dining, Carol Palmer, Malcolm White, Java Chapman, and a whole host of friends, relatives, and loved ones, including our great friend from Boonville, Mississippi, Tim Pierce, has joined us on the phone. He's going to help us flesh out a topic, a very serious topic, about food waste. And Carol, uh, on February the 1st of this year, the Zero Food Waste Act was reintroduced in Congress. Uh, That act seeks to help the U.S. achieve the goal of reducing the amount of food waste by 50% by the year 2030. So 30 to 40% of the food in the United States produces, uh, that we produce, ends up in landfills, which is shockingly uh, unbelievable. And American households of four people throw out on an average of $120 worth of food each month. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Well, um, thank you for call, calling uh, calling in this morning. But Java and Mal and I read, were reading an article in the Washington Post, and we think this is something, you know, we want to talk about. I'm sure um, I wish we had more, more time today. But the article said we need to look at food waste in a different way. Of course, you know, the throwing out of all this food uh, that – that we're focused on in a in a global way, but really the most pleasurable way, uh, instead of obsessing over waste, is to use the food we have. And uh, I, I immediately thought of you when I read this because I love seeing your freezer dinners and the things that you you know you put together. So um, share share some of your thoughts about that. Well. I- I think my philosophy basically comes from mom who grew up in the Depression, and she really didn't have a lot. And I I look back on it now, and I can't talk to her now to ask questions and think that the way she approached cooking was from basically what she had. But she loved us enough that she didn't want us to have the same thing every night over and over, so she became very creative, even though she would have certainly not been considered a chef. So I think I picked that up, you know, from just her basic cooking. And I sort of really don't throw anything away, even if it's a um, half a cup of something that goes in the freezer. And then eventually I repurpose it in some other dish. So that's my philosophy, and I've never actually thought of it as food waste. It's just what I grew up doing from mom. So, yeah, we come up with some pretty amazing things just by (laughs) opening the freezer and combining, you know, what's left over in there. And also there's, there's ways to use things where you don't get bored with them. One of my favorite things I do after Thanksgiving is add whole grain mustard to the fresh cranberry sauce and make a cranberry mustard that we enjoy, you know, for weeks to come after that. So it's just an idea of just because you have a half a cup or a cup or, or whatever of something left over that you don't need right then or the next day, you think about how to repurpose it in the days to come. You know, even 
vegetable scraps. I mean, I freeze vegetable scraps, all sorts of scraps to make stock. Absolutely. Yeah, shrimp shells. But uh, I saw, I guess it was last week or the week before, you dug out some short rib ragu. You didn't know what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think you were surprised when it thawed out. It was going to be a, a freezer dinner because I thought I had the, the perfect amount of tomato sauce. And then as it thawed, it was this beautiful stringy short rib that was in the middle of it with mushrooms. I'm like, okay, that's going to have to be tomorrow night because that's not going to work for the tomato sauce that I've already started. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sometimes you get a surprise, and I'm horrible at labeling. I, I, I try, and then, you know, it, it's eight o'clock at night and i just throw it in the freezer and, and with no label on it whatsoever so and you think um, to yourself oh i'll remember what that is <laughs> exactly <laughs> you, you get a, a surprise and it's like oh okay we're not going that direction tonight this is what we're gonna have so well it's been really inspirational to me uh to you know go on cooking and coping our facebook uh community and see what people do. I have learned so much from you and uh, Jill Morgan. I'm, I don't know where Jill is from, but uh, love her freezer dinners. And last night, she had a spring stew with seafood and biscuits. It was right. a freezer it was dinner. Beautiful. It was, was beautiful. Really I mean, who, who, who knew? And right. you know, it, was, it was just like, uh, you know, whole biscuits floating in, in this beautiful soup. Right. Hey, speaking it's, of uh, biscuits. We're a, a creative crew, for sure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> speaking of biscuits, there are four biscuitiers on this call right now. And I'll yes, be the first are. one to say, I'm going to ask this question. And the answer, my answer is no. Have any of you made biscuits since coming back from Alabama? Yes. That's a no, that's a no for me, too. <laughs> so Carol, you're the only one. Tell us about it. They weren't very pretty, but they sure tasted good, and I'm going to keep on keeping on okay. till I get it. All right, we'll get back get to it. the topic. I just wanted to take that opportunity. <laughs> uh, one thing in the article that, that hit me is funny is, is the author was talking about how a lot of dishes came about from people repurposing food, and she said someone long ago – had some beans, and they decided to smash and reheat them in fat, and we have refried beans. Or, you know, fried rice is because somebody didn't want to throw out their cold, hard rice and instead mix it with with vegetables. So, I mean, this is... Interestingly enough, two weeks ago, I made red beans and rice, and there was a ham hock in it, which I do all the time, but... I don't know why I've never used the ham hock, but for some reason, I took the ham hock out and took the skin off of it and shredded the meat and put that back in the red beans. And Mm -hmm. I tell you, it it was amazing. It it was really a a different texture added to them and a a totally different flavor. You know, it, it really elevated the whole thing. And, you know, we've gotten so used to throwing things out, you know, in, you know, way back in the day when people slaughtered hogs, you know, at home, it was for sustenance for the winter. And yes, they used absolutely. every single piece of the pig, every single, right. you know, every single piece. 
from snout to tail. From snout to tail. You know, one of the things I love doing with leftovers is making omelets uh, or frittatas in the mornings after, you know, particularly on weekends. I rarely make breakfast during the week, but I almost always make myself a breakfast on Saturday and or Sunday. And I just love taking what all, all the different leftovers that are have accumulated in the refrigerator and adding them to to my eggs mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes as a topping sometimes as an interior uh, ingredient as well do you know 120 dollars a month that's average is a lot of food waste mm. that you know that the other we do. thing that i i learned from uh cooking and toping is hush puppies and, and fritters i i mean we grew up eating hush puppies with catfish but i never once thought about putting vegetables in the hush puppies until cooking and coping where people are, are putting okra and beans and corn and, you know, and then crawfish right. you know, into a hush puppy. And some people make the balls, but some people also make the fritters, you know, just a, a flat okay type of fritter. Mm. So, you know, a, a lot of things can be done with your leftover vegetables the next day. So we ask that everybody be aware of food waste and, um, uh Think of creative ways to use those leftovers. Uh, it can be a whole lot of joy uh, in a leftover. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from folks like yourself, and we sure do thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Palmer, I'm Malcolm White, and we want to thank Tim Pierce for joining us to talk about our subject of food waste. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.